Maybe we put a studio in my basement. Let's do it. It's basically soundproof. Anyway. Actually, that would be really yeah. good. I've never heard anybody scream. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like you can come do the podcast. There's a chance you might be killed. <laughs> Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. We're back to live picks here this week. And joining me, as always, is Dan. Welcome back. And a special guest tonight, Adam, who bowled his first 300 game tonight. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Very special night. Thank you, Adam. Yes. Thank you. Very impressive, Adam. How did you feel at that that moment? I felt like I just bowled the highest game I've ever bowled before. <laughs> wow! That's amazing. And Aaron. It's good to be back. So we'll uh, quickly jump into the Thursday night game. Nobody else wants to talk about this, so I'll keep it simple. This game had no reason to be watched by anyone. The only intrigue from this game was if Bryce Young can begin to put it all together. So far, he hasn't. This wasn't even a battle of draft positioning between two terrible teams as the Bears own the Panthers' first-round draft pick in 2024. We don't even know what to make of this game between two teams who have looked terrible coming into this game and still struggled to move the ball against one another. Now let's get into the games that matter. Cincinnati Bengals, six and a half point favorite over the Houston Texans. Damn. I looked at these games for the first time tonight to see the matchups, so don't listen to anything I have to say. Yes, I am taking the Texans to cover the six and a half. I like what D'Amico Ryans has done with that team. C.J. Stroud has been able to put up a lot of uh, yards. They put up points. I think they can keep this one close, even though it's being played in Cincinnati. So I am taking the Texans. And since Dan mentions don't listen to anything we say, I, I wholeheartedly agree and emphasize do not listen <laughs> anything we say to place your football bets unless you are intending to lose. Dan and I combined are at the absolute bottom of our football pool against about 50 other teams. And had we picked completely opposite of where we have picked, we would be in second place in the money right now. Mm -hmm. Do not listen to what I have no, to say. And I think it's closer to 80. Uh, yeah, it's, pretty it's, close. a, it's a lot. Anyhow, that being said, uh, the Bengals offense is working through some injuries. It's going to make it a little bit easier for them to, uh, for the, the Texans defense to keep them in check. Houston has covered the spread the last four games as underdogs, which makes them a tempting pick. Um, all that being said, Bengals are going to win by more than a touchdown, so I'm going to go with the Bengals. My math has the Texans winning by three, but I feel like the Texans have been on a downward trend lately, losing to the Panthers, barely beating the Bucks, while the Bengals are looking better, beating the 49ers and the Bills. On the other hand, does that mean the spread is inflated? Or are the Bengals going to let down this game after their impressive upsets? Well, no, because last week wasn't an upset. The Bengals were favored. How do they know? This stuff is hard. I'm going with the Bengals. You sound great. Thank you. The, uh, this... <laughs> Aaron sounds the best right now. <laughs> Houston has actually averaged more yards per game and more points per game than the Bengals. But a large part of that can be attributed to Burrow and the Bengals' slow start to the season. But without wide receiver T. Higgins and potentially Jamar Chase, this could be tough. C.J. Stroud is coming off of a historic game and hasn't had the issues Bryce Young has had. He's on pace for 
4,400 yards, 28 touchdowns, and two interceptions. The interceptions will be higher than that, but it's clear Houston absolutely nailed this pick. This is a huge game to see how Stroud comes into this week. If he can stay on this trajectory, or if he will revert to his pre to his previous games in which he combined for less than 470 yards that he threw against Tampa Bay. I do like Houston to cover the spread. Just a quick point, Paul. <clears throat> Did you say that he is on pace yeah. for two interceptions, meaning by the end of the season to only have two? Yeah, right now he's had one interception. Wow. 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 San Francisco, three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Adam. So the Jaguars, I think, are going to keep this game pretty close. Uh, San Francisco may win by a field goal, but that's not going to be enough to cover just for that reason. Uh, and I do not feel San Francisco is going to win by more than a field goal. Jaguars. 49ers are on a losing streak to the Browns, the Vikings, and the Bengals, while the Jaguars are on quite the hot streak. They're both coming off a bye, and I think if the Niners are healthy, they've got this. My math has them winning by four, so it's close. I looked for injury reports, and I didn't see anyone I recognized, so that's a good sign. In my Google search, I did see the question, who hurt Jimmy Garoppolo? Which <laughs> wasn't really relevant to my search, but it really made me think. I've got the 49ers. That's a good one. <laughs> there is a toughness issue with the 49ers right now. Last year, every team the 49ers played, regardless of outcome, they lost their next game. You might come away with a victory, but it's going to come at a cost. That's not the case this year. Teams are 5-3 and three after playing San Francisco, and the three teams who lost the following week were the Rams, Giants, and Cardinals combined 6-21 and 21 record. Whether they played the 49ers or not, they were going to lose their next game. And that's what bothers me with this team, and specifically the defense. They aren't playing with savagery. They aren't running people over and down. They had a bye week to get healthy and prepare for the second half of their season, but so have the Jags, who come into their bye week with more cohesion, as opposed to the turmoil surrounding defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. I have the Jags covering. That was some real great insight there, Paul. Some of those... uh the stats I, I was just not aware of. Coming out of the bye, the fan in me is 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 still clinging to the 49ers. This this team has the potential to be so dominating, and I don't know what happened the last three weeks. I have some theories Paul and I have discussed, which we won't rehash here, because this is not the place for it. No, we would not want to talk about football theories on a football <laughs> <No>. podcast. <laughs> well, we've discussed how, how Steve Wilkes' influence on the defense has actually brought them back. And if you look at um, the last two games, the defense has allowed something like over 660 yards passing to um, Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow, which is the biggest two-game yardage passing yardage in like the Shanahan coached era of this team and I've seen other people the Richard Sherman podcast he's looked at it he said they're just you know trying to do too much a lot of a lot of defensive stunts along the Mm -hmm. defensive line 
Uh, everything's bunching up in the middle. And where before it was just let them go and, and yeah. just destroy. And I think um, a lot of the defensive woes are because Steve Wilkes is trying to put his imprint onto an already great defense, and we are seeing the results. I hope this bye week has resulted in a lot of conversations. Uh, Steve Wilkes will be calling plays from the sidelines as opposed to the uh, press box, or not press box, but coach's box, whatever they call it, which in past seasons, D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala both coached from the sidelines and, um, you know, were there. They were very, very high-energy, rah-rah guys. Steve Wilkes is more of a... He's not that that high-energy guy. He is more, more... I don't know what the word is. Someone come up with a word for that. I don't know. It's just level-headed. Eh, I don't know. Lethargic? <laughs> nah, that could be it. All I'm going with is that Debo is back. Potentially Trent Williams is back. Oh, good. They've I thought you were going to say Trent Dilfer. No. <laughs> oh, God, I would love Trent Dilfer to come back we, and taunt somebody. We need some tauntings. Yes. East Coast, 10 a.m. game, but I'm still going with my beloved 49ers to cover that three and a half. Pittsburgh, three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Packers. Aaron. My math actually says the Packers are going to win by three. But after the Packers lost to the Denver Broncos, I vowed never to pick them again. I picked the Vikings in the next game, put them at seven on my card. That was all good. Then last week, I picked the Rams and also put them at seven on my card, and the Packers dominated. It's possible it was because the Rams had some Canadian named Brett Ripien playing as quarterback and not because of my football picks, but who knows. So I'm picking the Steelers, but I'm not putting them on my card at all, and we'll see what that does. Steelers. I'll take Brett Rippon for 500, Alex. (laughs) I actually Googled it, and uh, the lady said Ripien. Isn't he related to some other football player? I want to say somebody uh, named Mark Rippin. It was so his father Rippin. was Rippin. Yeah, and that's how they always announce it. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. But believe he played for the Washington Bleeps before they were yeah, Commanders. The Washington Potatoes. Yes. Yes, that's right. The Commodores. So I initially believed the Packers and ultimately their fans needed to be patient with Jordan Love's development. However, he's not seeing the field the way you'd like him to. He doesn't feel like he has a grasp of what's going on and what defenses are doing to try and stop him. His accuracy still feels average at best, and with a strong defense in Pittsburgh, a team with its own offensive issues, the Packers will struggle to score. And a defense that has lost players through trade and injury, this feels like it's going to be a long day for the Cheeseheads. I've gone with the Steelers. I am also going with the Steelers here. The Packers, from what I've seen from them, uh, as Aaron mentioned, the, I mean, they're up and down. You never know what, what team you're going to get against who. It's a home game for the Steelers. That's kind of where I'm going with. Uh, home field advantage, normally you get, you know, three-point, you know, a little bump. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. And, yeah, I, I'm just going to go with the Steelers here. Not a lot of reasons there. but So this is going to be a boring, boring game. And because of that, I came up with some more Packers trivia for you guys. I like this. Nice. So who was the Packers quarterback the last time the Packers won at Pittsburgh? 
Was it Bart Starr? It was Bart Starr. The last time the Packers won at Pittsburgh, none of us were alive. It was 1970. Maybe? Aaron? Aaron? So close to being alive. None of the Packers players. I was conceived. What was the month? (laughs) (laughs) It was early in 1970. None of us were alive or conceived. The last time the Packers wow. won at Pittsburgh, we have never seen it in our lifetime. And I double-checked it because I was like, there is no way <laughs> that this little factoid is true. And it is absolutely true. 1970, so, Bart Starr was the quarterback of the Packers. And wow. that was the last time they won at Pittsburgh. This is going to be a low-scoring game. I feel like you're saying they're due. Uh, and I do. Um, I don't think the Steelers are going to cover, even if they do win. So I'm going to go with Green Bay. Wow. Nice. Was was Terry Bradshaw the quarterback of the? No, that was before Bradshaw. No, 1970. 1970. That was probably before. I Bradshaw. think that was even before Bradshaw. That's what Terry I just Bradshaw said. had his entire career yeah. and never even saw the the yeah. Steelers or the the Green the Packers. Terry Bradshaw never lost to the Green Bay Packers. That's right. Not at home. That's a great pull. Las Vegas, one and a half point favorite over the Jets. I already have an off-season project, but I might do a second project centered on if this has been the worst year for bottom-of-the-barrel quarterbacks. Bryce Young, Jimmy Garoppolo, Desmond Ritter, and Ryan Tannehill have all been terrible, but none can hold a candle to Zach Wilson. It is so painful to watch Jets games, seeing their defense ball out and keep games close, only for Zach Wilson to go three and out with two sacks every drive. The Jets missed out on signing Carson Wentz, which tells you the extent of how bad Wilson has been. Joe Douglas and Robert Sala didn't do what Mark Davis did for the Raiders, which was get rid of the bad element, or in this case, elements. The run game will need to be better against a strong Jets defense to keep stress off Aiden O'Connell, but a strong pass rush should help the Raiders win back-to-back games against New Jersey teams. I'm taking the Nevadans. <laughs> the Nevadans. <laughs> nice. Alright. I, right out the gate, I am going to go take the Jets in this purely for defensive reasons. Last week I did pick the Raiders uh, because I always feel like the week after a team fires their head coach, you get the interim head coach bump, is what I call it. Um, and that's what we saw. The Raiders were playing for Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce, right? That's okay. Thank you. <laughs> that's just from memory. They were playing for him. But a lot of times it's one game. And even though they are playing at home, they are playing against a Jets team. Offensively, that struggles. But defensively, they are sound. Probably more than sound. They've got a great defensive line. And the the Raiders quarterback, uh, Aiden O'Connell, O'Connell I, don't th- I, I just don't think they're going to have it in them. I think the Jets are going to win this game. So, yeah, the Raiders have a new interim head coach, uh, and that might give them the bump. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Like you said, Dan, this is going to be uh, both teams are relying heavily on the defense in, in this game. Um, I'm just, I'm going with the Jets on this one. On November 17th, 
1968 at 4 p.m. Eastern. The National Broadcasting Company aired an American Football League contest between the Oakland Raiders and the visiting New York Jets. The November wind is a pirate. The Jets were ahead 32-29 to at 7 p.m. when the board operator made the fateful decision to switch over to the heavily advertised film Heidi that was scheduled to air at that time. The Raiders went on to score two more touchdowns, and the rest is history. I have the Raiders. That was fun. <laughs> Buffalo, seven and a half point favorite over the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Another game? Shit. Damn. Fuck. I don't have anything. <laughs> the Bills are good. The Broncos are horrible. Fuck Russell Wilson. Uh, the Bills are playing at home. Go Bills Mafia. Yeah. Almost the same as me. So the Bills are 0 and 5 against the spread in their last five games. They're due. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And I keep coming back to the Bills because how could they not? So this week is no different. I'm going with the Bills. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Bills. As far as I can tell, they haven't been good since they killed Miami in week four. I was going to say, I don't know if they've covered since, but according to Adam, they have not. Uh, but, but despite the couple wins by the Broncos in the last three weeks, I'm still going to go with the math that says the Bills are going to win by 15. I've got the Bills. What can you say about the Bills other than they've been a Jekyll and Hyde team as they've alternated wins and losses for the last six weeks? They've gone 3-1 and one at home during that stretch, but they've struggled to put up points, and despite how much I hate Peyton and Wilson, the Broncos have won their last two games, and should be able to stay within seven and a half. I'm taking the Broncos. Let's go, Buffalo! I do want Buffalo to win. <laughs> hey, transition. Why don't we do that more often? Right? <laughs> that's fun. And that's going to do it for this episode um, of the Winner's Guide to Losing Football. Do, oh, but shit. yes, don't we go through all of them, Paul? <laughs> Because I played the outro music. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I didn't think that was outro. That was, no, that that was, was transition. That was transition. That's, that's on me. What, what, what do I got here? <laughs> no, that, that, that's after every, every pick we select is, is that sound. <laughs> All right. Go, moving down the card. Indianapolis Colts want a half point favorite over the Patriots. I've taken Indianapolis. I am going with Indy as well. Yeah, also. Colts. Baltimore Ravens, six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Browns. I've gone with the Ravens. I am taking the Browns. I think that defense holds the Ravens down. Also the Browns. Ravens. Cincinnati, six-and-a-half-point favorite over Houston. 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 Bengals. Bengals. San Francisco, three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Jaguars. I have Jacksonville. I am taking the 49ers, but if they hurt me again this weekend. (laughs) Who hurt Jimmy Garoppolo? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with the Jaguars. Niners. New Orleans, two and a half point favorite over Minnesota. I'm going with the Vikings. I am also going with the Vikings. The Saints. Josh Dobbs. No. The Saints screw me every week. I'm going with the Vikings. Uh-oh. I got the Vikings. That's a guaranteed loss. Oh, yeah. yeah damn it. Pittsburgh Steelers, three and a half point favorites over the Green Bay Packers. I've gone Pittsburgh. I have chosen Pittsburgh. Packers. Steelers. Tampa Bay, half-point favorite over the Tennessee Titans. I am oddly going with Tampa. Um, I believe it's a little blurry. It's the Titans? Titan. Titans. That's who I'm going with. Titans. I'm going with the Bucks. That Baker Mayfield kid's got something. I got the <laughs> Buccaneers. 
Atlanta, one and a half point favorite over the Kyler Murray-led Arizona Cardinals. I'm going Arizona. Oh, wow. I am taking the Falcons here. Yeah, also the Falcons. Yeah, I didn't have that Kyler Murray information, so I got the Falcons. Detroit Lions, two and a half point favorite over the Chargers from San Diego. I'm going with Detroit. I am also going with the Lions. Yeah, Detroit's going all the way this year. Go Lions! Another guaranteed loss. I got the Lions. Oh, poor Lions. Dallas Cowboys, 16 and a half point favorite over the New York Giants. I'm going Dallas. I am also taking the Cowboys over the Danny DeVito-led Giants. Yeah, Cowboys win by at least 40. How about them boys? Seattle Seahawks, six and a half point favorite over Washington. I've selected Washington. Um, I really struggled with this one. I wanted to go with the Commanders, but they had that fire sale and they got rid of some people. Um, and it's at home in, in Seattle, and, and I really hate doing it. But apparently I, I hated it so much I put them at number seven on our card. <laughs> I am taking the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, everything that comes out of Washington is good, so Commanders. Commanders. Lone Wolf in it over here. Ow. Las Vegas Raiders, one and a half point favorite over the New York Jets. I'm going Raiders. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 Also Jets. Raiders. And on Monday night, Buffalo Bills, seven and a half point favorite over the Denver Broncos. I'm going Denver. Let's go Buffalo. Buffalo Bills. Bills. And that will do it for this week's episode of the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. Until next time, Adam, you got to bowl another 300. Be safe. <laughs>